welcome to today's podcast, a couple of minutes after 3 o'clock in Podcastville on Tuesday, August 24th. As promised, visiting with Alex and I today, uh, one of the 68 dozen individuals who's running for city council. Hi, Mac Driscoll. Thanks for uh, not inviting yourself, but asking on to the podcast. Good to spend some time with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, and I'm uh, far too Midwestern polite to invite myself to anything, but uh, I asked, and here I am. So. Here you are. Here you are. Um, let me uh, let me jump. Uh, sorry, my mouth and brain are not going to connect real well because a desk fell on my head earlier today, but we'll get through this. Okay. Uh, Mac, I didn't know much about you. I saw some of your stuff. I see your, your social stuff. And then I read um, over the weekend in the exhaustive job that The Blade did, getting some info out about the mayoral candidates and all 68 billion city council candidates, that you work at Connect Toledo. That's right. Yeah, I'm an urban planner, and I um, I work on the economic development and planning projects that we do out of our office. Can you... I'm uh, somewhat familiar with Connect Toledo. Alex and I talked yesterday how whenever something is happening downtown or being constructed or ideas are being kicked around, brainstormed, Connect Toledo's name comes up. Can you talk more specifically in detail uh, what Connect Toledo does and then what you do and maybe some of the projects you've been a part of? Sure. So Connect Toledo is the Downtown Toledo Development Corporation. Um it was in 2016, two organizations merged. So it was the Downtown Toledo Development Corporation, which was born out of the 21st Century Committee, or tw- I'm sorry, 22nd Century Committee, which was a group of stakeholders in downtown um, who just wanted to make sure downtown was uh, economically viable and thriving area. And then it merged with the Downtown Toledo Improvement District, which um, is, a, is a property tax assessment on property owners in downtown. And we do sort of the basic services that you see downtown. So if you see the guys with the yellow shirts um, who sweep the streets and you can ask them questions, so that sort of thing. Um, Those two organizations merged um, since we have a lot of similar interests. And so now we do economic development work um, in downtown. So, you know, our projects include anything that could help downtown grow, either by residents or... um, by business, you know, businesses or anything like that. So it's it's anything from um, you know working on the creation of historic tax districts downtown, so buildings can receive historic tax credits when they apply for them. It helps finance redevelopment. Um, we we were the organization who expanded Dora, the outdoor refreshment area, um, where you can open carry um, alcohol. Um, and that you know might not be seen as an economic development project, but it is. It it, it it allows bars and restaurants to relocate downtown. They have a product that they can sell that uh, in other parts of the city they can't. Um, you know, so we and then we of course administer sort of the street level stuff happening in downtown. Like I said, sweeping the streets, making sure our parks are clean and safe. Um, we we are the automatic response to issues downtown, and um, yeah, we are interested with seeing a thriving and growing downtown Toledo. Um, I would. Uh, I- I would continue to campaign on Dora because that's a big deal. <laughs> and I mean, I was living downtown when that all sprang to life and it, it happened successfully. And um, in downtown, people were not stumbling across one another in and out of places. Everybody's been really responsible. I've never heard one bad word uh, or anybody pointing a finger. That this was a Dora thing. And now they're all over the place, all the way down to Finley and beyond. Um, 
let me actually, Alex, go ahead with your question and then I'll, I'll jump out outside of downtown with, with Mac. So I'm curious. And I mean, Eric joked about it. We've talked about it many times and Mac, I'm sure you are also, you've observed it, but there's a lot of candidates this year. Like there's, there's so many people that are, that are kind of putting their bid in or like tossing their cards in what, like, why now? Why do you, why now for yourself personally? And then also, can you speak to why you think there's so many other people in our community that are now interested in getting involved? I know that's been something that we have, Eric and I personally have wanted for a long time, seeing increased community interest. Um, but f for some reason, there's a lot going on this year. And now we have a lot more people interested in getting involved and being a council member. Why do you think that is? Yeah, and you know, to be clear, I didn't know who I was going to run when I <laughs> fair. When I, <laughs> I filed. figured. So, <laughs> fair. I, I was elected to uh, our student body. Um, I was elected to student council my senior year as the class secretary, and nobody ran against me, so that was an easier election <laughs> than this one. But um, I think you know, there's there's a couple reasons. One is, um, you know we've seen now that the city is is going to be given 180 million dollars from the federal government over the course of the next two years so a lot of people are um you know want to have a voice about how we spend that and, and it's a it's mm -hmm. a watershed moment for the city of toledo mm -hmm. to make sure we spend that efficiently and and make sure that it facilitates growth and and equity um i think we do see some hope in Toledo. You know, our, our economy starting mm -hmm. to grow again. We had record income taxes before COVID. Um, I think generally people are more politically engaged. Um, you know, you saw in 2018, younger people start to get involved. And obviously 2020 was a was a fever pitch of an election. And I think people are seeing, you know, I'm somebody that, that did do, you know, activism stuff. So I wrote letters and made sure. phone calls and those sorts of things. And when you get involved, it, it it seems like something that might be difficult, but in reality, once you're doing it, you're, you're out there doing it. So um, I, I think that's why a lot of people are, are involved. And for me personally, I mean, I think that's what you hear a lot is um, if you're going to run for office, you better be able to answer the question, why you and why now? Yeah, and, I, I think yeah, I think you've done a good job of that. There were some candidates who were written up in Blade over the weekend, and I don't know that it, it, like it's one thing to love Toledo, but it's another thing as Alex and I kind of talked about yesterday. Like you got to be able to dig in and get things done, and a passion for Toledo is not necessarily something that can do that. Um, let me ask you this: some of the other candidates, um, and rightly so, have brought up, and and people in in their own neighborhoods have brought this up as well, saying, you know, okay, so downtown's great, but what about my neighborhood? Um, I've kind of pushed back against that because I know big cities. I'm, I'm from Philadelphia originally. I saw it happen in Detroit. Usually what I see happening is there's reinvestment in downtown. It brings people downtown, retail, restaurant, sports, whatever, uh, places to live. And then there's a nice little halo effect. Um, so how can you hopefully apply what you've had some push for downtown into some of those neighborhoods where people rightly so um, would like to see some improvements where they live as well. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's the trick. So in addition to uh, my work with Connect Toledo, I serve on the board of the Toledo Design Collective. They do um, planning and, and urban design projects in our inner ring neighborhoods. So Junction, Vistula, East Toledo. Um, so day to day, you know, I see the economy growing, people moving back to Toledo, and that's a good thing. 
um, but pr our highest concentration of poverty are, are in the areas directly adjacent to downtown. And so, um, yeah, the development in downtown can be the rising tide that lifts all boats. And you know, I sometimes, sometimes I think people who are running, they know it sells to, to sort of demagogue downtown and say we do too much downtown or whatever. But the truth is, like, we've got to have thriving neighborhoods in every part of this city. And downtown is, is the engine that will drive that. Um, so we're not done downtown. We've got to keep growing. But, but to, to your point about how do we do that in other neighborhoods, you know, I would just mirror in, in some ways what we've done downtown, which is create a really high standard of living. We made investments in parks. We made investments in street trees. We updated our infrastructure uh, to make it more walkable and bikeable. It's the kind of place where people want to live. Simultaneously, we had a, you know, we have Connect Toledo, and and that's an organization that is catalytic that works to develop our housing and commercial property stock in downtown. We need more of those organizations, and that funding needs to come directly from the city. I've called on that to happen. We've got grants that can make it happen, and and we we lag behind our peer cities in that respect. So if you go to Columbus or Cleveland or Dayton or Detroit, you see uh, urban neighborhoods that are thriving. And that's, that's somewhere where we, we struggle a little bit in Toledo. Now we can learn from the mistakes they've made, but build on what we've done downtown um, to accomplish that. People are going to have to realize too, um, there's just going to be ebbs and flows of where neighborhoods are across an area. Every place is not going to be a panacea or utopia, but I think you bring up some pretty good examples of just taking care of the neighborhoods. And that's a big thing in the community as well. Like it's someone else's trash, but you can pick it up. Um, you mentioned Vistula and Junction. I, I've been a long, I've long been a fan of Vistula because I figured once downtown was done, so to speak, um, we'd move it, we'd spread to Vistula. Uh, I know Will Lucas's great idea of Toll House. We've got Toledo Spirits down there. Alex and I always like to uh, throw something out like uh, with gentrification. I think people like us <laughs> see see through it now. I'll, I'll polish my question instead of saying, how do we make sure we don't throw out the black people? But how do we make sure when we gentrify or improve neighborhoods that are adjacent to nice areas, we don't kick the poor people out? Mm -hmm. So, that's when gentrification is at its worst, when it displaces people. <laughs> Thank you and for saying that. Its, yeah, and at its most extreme cases, you have instances where sports teams will build a, a new stadium and demolish a neighborhood to do that. Um, and, but there's also the sort of slow burn of rents uh, becoming so high that it's untenable for low-income people to, to live there anymore. So um, in my opinion, it's, it's a question of housing. And so we've got to be able to answer that you know, I, I, I studied urban planning and urban economics in, in college. And so for me, we've got to answer it on the market uh, at, at the market level, which is the demand side and the supply side. Um, on the supply side, one way to keep housing costs low is to build more housing. You flood the market with supply. You build low income housing projects um, to make sure that there is affordability. Um, and there's lots of tax credits and things like that to make that happen. But just the more supply there is, the more developers have to compete for your dollar. So they will lower their rates. That's a fundamental law of economics. Alex, I think I think one of the one of, I I agree with you. I think housing is a solution is one of the solutions. And I, you know, I appreciate the work that you're doing in urban planning. And you're right. Like we're the investments are being made in our communities and in the parks and and um, kind of building those things back up. 
But what we are seeing, um, and I know that you know, is our community members, like the people in these communities, especially adjacent to downtown and like surrounding downtown, they're still hurting. There's violence and there's crime. People are dying. People are being shot. Um, What can we do for those community members? Because the answer is not always bringing in a park for the kids. And I know that, um, you know, a lot of schools, like what TPS did in the summer for the kids, like every day, and um, what TSA is doing, those add to that. But these are adults that are committing some of these crimes that the children are being harmed by. So what do we do for that community member? Because we know that we can add more housing and giving somebody safe, stable, dignified housing is a solution to one piece of the challenge but we know projects, housing projects all over the country that are still in bad condition. There's crime that's happening there and adding more is not going to stop those things from happening. So what do we do for that community member that is swimming in, in just depression and chaos and there's crime around them and it's dangerous? Yeah, if I could just add one one last thing to the, the last question, and, and that is we desperately need to update our transportation infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, I, I live in the Old West End, I work downtown, and I ride my bike to work every day. Um, and we only own one car, which saves us a tremendous amount of money every month. Um, but the difficult thing is, for a lot of people living in the inner city neighborhoods, um, you're looking at probably an hour and a half TARDA ride to get to where you need to go right. in many cases. And so you have to own a car, because that's just not a feasible solution. And AAA releases a statistic every year of the annual cost of vehicle ownership last in 2018 it was ninety eight hundred dollars so if, if you're making eight or nine bucks an hour um that you know that's a a 50 percent plus of of your take-home pay uh you know annually focusing on the car and and so we've got the tarta levy coming up on the ballot that's got to pass to be honest i hope that passes more than i hope i get elected i think yeah. it'll be <laughs> transformational for this sure. region but, Al, but, but to get to your question about... Wait, about, Mac, hold uh, on. I, oh, I go ahead. I would have stopped you with the TARDA thing, and, and we can come back to Alex's question about violence, because I think you were onto something with giving people housing, because if you have a safe place mm-hmm. to live, or if you have a good place to live, you're less likely to shoot the neighborhood up, taking pride mm-hmm. in where you live. But uh, we've long been fans of, of TARDA's improvement here on, on this show in this little ecosystem. Uh, I had a friend that was on the board before. He's no longer there. And it seemed like their growth kind of stunted, I get it. There was a pandemic and and everything had to shut down and that really threw a curveball to a lot of places. I just wonder, much like Detroit, where there isn't a lot of reliable transportation, how you public transportation, how you're going to accomplish that in the home of Jeep. (laughs) Yeah, right. And uh, to be clear, my dad is a gearhead. My brother's a mechanic. So I'm not anti-car. I've been to the drag races as much as anybody probably. Um, And and we want personal vehicle ownership too. I'm an American. I believe in freedom, and I, I'm not trying to dictate how people get to work. But I want to make sure that you know the fundamental question that we have to answer as policy makers is: Is the city fair? You know, if if you're a poor person or a working person in the inner city, do you have the same chance of making it out that other people do? do you know, can you save and build wealth? Um, do you have access to good jobs? Um, we, we do a pretty poor job of that. It, it's, mm. you know, when you think about a lot of the growth that's happening downtown, and you think about the Junction neighborhood that's in some places just a quarter mile away from it, 
if you're somebody living in that neighborhood and, and you can't afford to own a car, uh, it's a heck of a lot easier to just drive in from Perrysburg than it is for somebody from Junction to walk or bike down there. I mean, that's just a question of equity. You know, it, it works really well for somebody who lives out in the suburbs, you know, our downtown does, but it doesn't always work well for the people who live right here in the city. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a question we've got to be able to answer. Now, um, I, I, like I said, I live in the Old West End, and so for me, it's about a half-hour trip if I want to walk to a bus and get <laughs> my bus downtown. You know, I can walk there just as fast. So the question a lot of times I have is, if this route system doesn't work for me, you know, who is it working for? Because um, it, it's even difficult for me to get take a bus. Um, now, look, with Kim Dunham and a lot of the staff she's hired and a lot of the changes at the board, uh, I am as optimistic as anybody that we're going to move in the right direction with TARDA. And I'd like to see a lot of the best practice that you see in other cities start to be implemented here. So that's bus rapid transit, um, light rail, if it, if it makes sense, um, and if it's feasible. Um, but we've got to find ways to connect people to jobs, to connect people to basic services. Um, and it's failing right now. But like I said, I'm as optimistic as anybody about the future of TARDA. I think we're headed in the right direction. We don't even have to modernize TARDA to make it look like a sci-fi movie. We just have to get it up to like 2012. Right. And we can make some big strides because I think you're absolutely right. That's why I asked the question about, again, it's hard to fight the, the Midwestern auto culture. But again, we're not asking anybody to take cars off the road. We just want to get TARDA up to a more manageable level. Yeah, Um to, to, to be able to make that decision, you know, for somebody to, you know, if you're going to Franklin Park Mall and you live along the Monroe Street Corridor, you know, the bus should be as fast as taking a car would be. And and, and that's so obvious, right? It's just right up the road. Um, in many cases, it, it's far more complex than that. Um, and, 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 and just to, to, to put a big point on this, I am not anti- Tarda and, and much of what ails Tarda isn't Tarda's fault. We're 45th out of 50 in state funding for public trans- tra- transportation. Where I get frustrated with Tarda sometimes is the lack of imagination. You know, I think the yes. solution mm-hmm. with Tarda was always mm-hmm. cut and combine routes, cut and combine routes, and it just made it an untenable situation. But but the truth is, they need a huge injection of capital, and we've got to pass this levy uh, to get there, and it's going to. Re- It'll repeal your property taxes, and it will implement a state or a higher sales tax. But we'll be commensurate with some of the other sales taxes in the state. So I don't believe that's going to affect our competitiveness as a county. Um, and yeah, we've we've got to get there. And like I, I I truly mean it when I say it. I'm just some guy, you know. But this could be this could be dramatic. So I, I really hope this pass this passes. And I would encourage everybody who's listening to this to go out and vote for the Tarta Levy this fall. Mac, Alex's question about violence in neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've got to understand that crime is a lagging indicator. And what I mean by that is it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It happens right. when other things start to change. And so it should be no shock that after a major uh, economic crisis that was caused by COVID, you know, we saw unemployment go up, people's disposable income go down, uh, people were losing their jobs, people were bored. Uh, there was a lot of despair, too, and loneliness and all of those things contributed, in my opinion, to an increase in crime. Um, mm-hmm. crime. Crime was actually, since the 80s and 90s, was really headed 
down. I mean, we were not just in our community, but everywhere. But, yeah, everywhere, across yeah. the United States, it was right. really quite a, a really inspiring story of, of what we can do. Um, you know, so in my opinion, a lot of the if we can affect a lot of those factors, that's getting people into good housing, that's getting people back to work. Um, you know, doing quality of life upgrades in people's neighborhoods, we will see a reduction in crime. And, and, and that's what I want to see happen. But, you know, there's also a lot of the... I, I'm really careful that I'm running for a local office, so I don't want to make promises uh, that I can't keep. But there are federal and state things that need to happen around gun policy and gun safety that, you know, that that's going to make a big difference in, in crime, too. Um, sure. But I, I, I try to I... stay as local as I can because... I've had people ask me about that. You know, what do you think about immigration? And I, it's just, like, you know, I have an opinion on <laughs> well, it, but um, I'm not just, running for, you know, well, I, I, I well, can't. That's, that's important and that's helpful to stay grounded. And I think, again, I think that's really important because you're running for council in Toledo. Um, but, but I think that, and I think that you're onto some really good points with your point with housing and, and with TARDA and transportation. One of the challenges with our community that is not unlike other communities. I always try to say that. Eric and I always try to say that. And from my experience is a lot of crime comes from hopelessness. It comes from that idea that you are never going to get better than where you are. And so our community needs to do a better job of allowing individuals in these communities to visualize their path. And you can say you don't have to have that traditional path of an education. You may have another path but here, you can see it. Here it is. Here's a path to making X amount of dollars a year. You know, here's a path to getting your family a safer home or a, a, a more, you know, or a better car. They need to be able to see these paths. And when you can't see them, you lose hope and you start to make poor choices and, and turn to a life that's not the best for you or your community. So it's just being able to visualize these opportunities. It's like, and you're, you were onto it by discussing housing and TARDA and when you have to get to work because they all, it's a combination of those things that kind of add to um, some violence that happens in the community. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the tricky things that, that's happened over the last 30 or 40 years is, you, you know, my parents, uh, my mom's family is sort of highly educated. Both my parents um, didn't pursue higher education. My mom is now in the process of getting her bachelor's degree at, at, at 61, uh, which is just incredible. But Good for her. Um, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's terrific. But <laughs> Good job, Mom. She's my best campaigner, too. She's always out there on the, on the doors. Vote for uh, my, I've never heard anybody say vote for my son, so your mom's got to run with that. I'm telling you, yes. if, your, if your mom can't sell you, you got a real problem. <laughs> but... Uh, but anyways, um, you know, my mom and went into retail after high school and mm -hmm. she worked at Lions Store and then she and she also went to Owens and got her um, associates in early childhood education. So she taught nursery school and worked at Lions Store for, you know, almost 30 years. And then my dad is, is a butcher. Um, He's worked at Mancy's for the last 40 years. If you've had a, mm. a steak in the last 40 years from Mancy's, my dad cut it. Um, I have. So, so you'll have to thank him. But... Um, but anyways, my point being, you could choose jobs. You didn't necessarily have to go to college or in a really high-income job to be able to save and build wealth. It's gotten so much more difficult to be middle class in this country, mm -hmm. and even with people working. And, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. We've had minimum wage that's been stagnant over the last 30 or 40 years um, relative to inflation. Um, 
you know, like I said, our, our transportation infrastructure just doesn't work anymore. And, and, and not even just being able to get to the other side of the city. You know, you look at our historic neighborhoods, you can see the old industrial properties that were there. So at one time, mm -hmm. you could live in Junction, shop in Junction, work in Junction, um, and, and it was just a lot easier um, to save and build wealth and get ahead. And, uh, and, and that, is, that does create a sense of despair when you can't. And, you know, when people feel as though something is unfair, what's their... Um, what's the incentive to keeping that system in place? Yeah, that's so, correct. So some people do go to crime or whatever, you know. We don't want to see that, obviously. So we got to make sure, like I said, that our city works for everybody. Mac, um, we've talked about housing a lot. There's an art, and I, I, try to, I was trying to steer you that way, and, and Alex and I have talked about it. There is an article that I passed around to a bunch of people, um, something happening in Philadelphia. I do keep an eye on my hometown, and, and they've, there's like a neighborhood reinvestment thing, and it sold me on the idea of getting people into good housing um, because that has, I guess studies say that will prevent crime. And if we fix up these places, the crime will move on and then we'll just fix up enough places and the crime will hopefully fade away. And it's, it's more detailed than that. If you're interested, I'm happy to send it to you, but I'm going to go yeah. backwards just a little bit. Um, that $180 million, we've, we've got to use mm -hmm. it. What are your, some of your ideas? You've talked about like tartan housing and, um, whatever it may be affordable housing. So if you had your druthers, where would you like to see some of that? Yeah, um, and, the, and the guidelines are still being written, so you know a lot of this is speculative. But um, to be, you know, the, f the first thing we got to do is make sure our budget and our financial house is in order. Uh, and if whatever we lost from COVID, we got to make sure that we take care of that. That's got to be our first priority. Um, and when you're running along somebody like Katie Moline, you know, she'll tell you that too. Good CPA, you know, we understand that's the first <laughs> thing we got to do. Um, and 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 the other thing is understanding the nature of this. This is a one-time thing so we can't it's, it wouldn't be wise to hire additional staff or things like that with this money because um, it's only going to be here for two years and we got to spend it so or 10 years or whatever but we got to spend it so in my opinion we got to do it, it um, spend it on things that will generate future revenue and that's growing our economy growing our tax base um, encouraging people to move back to the area those sorts of things um, I'd like to see uh, the First and foremost, we, we've got to develop catalytic neighborhood development organizations, CDCs. You see them in other cities. Um, and we, we used to have about 30 of them in Toledo, and we're now down to zero or one, depending on how you classify them. Um, but we, I want to see, you know, we've got neighborhood organizations out there. We've got the Junction Coalition, Historic Vistula, One Voice for East Toledo, um, and they're doing great work. Uh, but they've got to be properly funded, and those organizations are the boots on the ground that can make sure that we uh, repair the existing housing stock, that we can facilitate economic development to uh, to revitalize our commercial corridors, and work on other sorts of important projects in neighborhoods, you know, parks and those sorts of things. I think that that's where I'd really like to see that money spent, um, and then you know, just basic infrastructure projects to make sure that we. Uh, modernize our infrastructure. Our, our, we got to understand that we're a city of that used to be 400,000 people. We're down to 260. You know, our, our infrastructure is massively overbuilt. You know, we have roadways that are far too wide. Um, we have unnecessary roads and alleys, even in, in areas where we've seen so much disinvestment that 
you know, we have literal blocks in the city that nobody lives there anymore. Yeah. Um, and so finding the right way to kind of, um, as some, some have put it, shrink smartly, you know, right-size the city um, in terms of providing services and things like that so that we can grow in the future. Um, that's where I'd like to be is see it be spent, um, making sure that our neighborhoods are, are taken care of. I really... Uh, I really, um, go ahead. If I if I could just yeah. t- to put a fine point on this, we've got Cardi Finkbeiner, we've got the group that's running <laughs> with it, and and they say neighborhoods, 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 and they're absolutely correct. Um, but and that is exactly what we have to do. But some of them have suggested that these solutions are simple, and mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. they're easy solutions, and that's not true at all. Um, I, I I'm not saying that if I win, you know. Toledo's going to be the greatest city in the world. Uh, but I do have an expertise that I'd like to interject into this conversation about how we actually build good neighborhoods, how we actually build good infrastructure and make proper investments. And and that's my case uh, as a candidate. Well, and that's why if I were leading your campaign, we would talk about uh, Dora and, and Connect Toledo. And that's why I asked you that specific question, because I see a guy like like Alfonso, one of – I don't I, – Cardi's cronies is so alliterative, but they're not cronies. Um, they are passionate people, but Alfonso might be better off served, not on council, and this is no disrespect to him, because you understand policy. Alfonso, you're not going to win city council, but like, if we get this money, I want you to head up what you're doing in East Toledo because you know this area and what will work best. Um, also, I, I have to credit you because I've never heard this answer before. Usually... Cities in the Northeast, in the Mid-Atlantic, that aren't the major cities, certainly here where we live in the Rust Belt and various other parts, people want to reattract people to the city. And you're like, not necessarily, let's shrink it down so we don't have those those holes where there's blight and alleys and unused parts. And I think you said right size. So I really appreciate that perspective of, and whether or not it's from this like i think things are cyclical eventually people will get tired of arizona and florida for whatever reason and it might not be in our lifetimes or maybe we'll be in wheelchairs but they will move back to places like this because of what's being done now so i greatly appreciate that opinion of trying to get everybody back and rather just fix what's what's here for the citizens that are still here well in in 2000 the city plan commission passed a, a plan the 2020 plan that uh, said we were going to be at 450,000 people by 2020. <laughs> well, we're here, and we're not close. And, um, you know, I, I'm trying to be realistic, too, as I, as I run for office. And it's not that we want to disinvest from communities, but we just want to make sure that, you know, it, it's like a mega corporation, right? If there are, yeah. if there are divisions that are failing, or you know, we, we've got to find ways to, to, to maybe shutter what isn't working and then also prepare – to grow and create future revenue streams so that we can facilitate that growth when it happens. And by the way, people are moving back into cities, especially young people. Yep. Um, right. And, and we right. have an urbanizing population. So we got to find a way to capitalize on that as a city and market ourselves well so we can attract that. Um, but yes, I, you know, I don't want anybody to get in their heads that, you know, we could be, we could have a million people in 20 years. Um, let's be realistic and let's make sure that our, that our head's not in the clouds, but our, our, our boots are planted on the street and that we're ready to do the work that matters and the work that's realistic. Um, a really important question now, and, and it's divisive. It's that time of year. When, 
Do you like candy corn? <laughs> okay, you know, now this is an important answer. Everybody thinks their opinions on food are correct. I, I think I'm a pretty good hot take artist, so if you want to give me questions like that, I'm happy to answer. Yeah, I like candy corn. I, oh, I, I, I eat candy Wrong corn. answer. No. Oh, all right. <laughs> we, we only ask you that because as much as we can talk about policy and infrastructure, at the end of the day, we like to have fun. And it has been good. To, we just like to have a dialogue with you. I, I, I would have had you on even if, like, usually, like, everybody in this, this list of city council, you know, leans kind of to the right side. But I'm glad that you uh, sought us out to, so we could talk. If I were being completely honest, especially after reading the, uh, the capsules over the weekend, I really think it's one, two, three, four. It's uh, three people for two positions, and my mm-hmm. math might even be off. I think it's you. Stephen Fought and Michelle Grimm for the two positions um, that are available because Larry's not going to get reelected um, as he's suspended. So mm-hmm. that's my handicapping of the of the thing. I, I hope you're right. Um, <laughs> and, and Michelle is a is a great candidate, great person. I've gotten to know her over the last you know couple months here. Um, you know, she would be a great addition to council as well. And so I'm not. It's a weird thing uh, to run for six spots. You know, you get, it's a different kind of game theory than it would be if it was two, when two people run for one. Um, but, yeah, Michelle would be a terrific addition to the city council. Long, and and the other endorsed Democrats would be, too. Um, oh. There are regional county parties that would pray to have a slate like us. This is a group of six people with expertises in education and um, safety and and urban planning even. So, uh, you know, we've got a really good slate of people. So first of all, I think it's really, ex- what you're saying is, is exciting. And it's been like, a, it's been a pleasure to speak to you about it. I think Toledo is on a track. We're on a trajectory forward. And, you know, just with what we're doing with our Metro parks and how we're continuously improving the city. It's fantastic to have people interested in coming in and being a part of those decisions and where the city goes like yourself. Um, but my fun question, Eric, I didn't run this by you either. Is it, should it be Wrangler Fest or Jeep Fest? I really want to know. I really want to know. Like we have our thoughts about candy corn. If you listen to the podcast, I hate it. It should never be in martini form. But should it be Wrangler Fest or Jeep Fest? That's Alex brought up a great, and Mac, it, it blew my mind. It blew my mind too, because nobody's, kidding, nobody's hyping up a compass. <laughs> I drive a compass and there's snotty ass people that will come down to the city and look down on my little compass or even Grand Cherokees and it's like well it's not called Wrangler Fest <laughs> you know I think the cool I mean, there's so many great things about Jeep Fest and, but the coolest thing about Jeep Fest is the exhibit in the Seagate Center in my opinion you know like, uh. and those aren't all Wranglers I love to see the old I mean Jeep was the original SUV really and right. you know, I I, li- I think it's it's Jeep Fest, but you know the Wranglers are that's your flagship model for sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm really intrigued by the electric one. Um, yes, yeah. It's we- a good way to 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 merge you know the natural affinity towards cars because like I said, my dad and brother are really interested in cars, and then my me being a you know 
a bike ride and <laughs> liberal who lives in the inner city. <laughs> yeah, that's right in the middle for us. <laughs> um, we ask these kind of fun questions not to be controversial by any means, but I, I really do like candy corn. I'm not going to ask you the pineapple and pizza because that's ridiculous. Um, what? Because we all know the answer. What's your street in the old West End? We're on Virginia. Right. Um, so we're we're on the we're on a side street, and mm. uh, my boss uh, actually met somebody in Hocking Hills who was from the old West End, and said. Oh, so what street do you live on? And they said, yeah. oh, I just live on a side street. Mm. But actually, no. um, there's a lot of really interesting architecture on the side streets. So, you know, it's, we're happy where we are. Do you, do you have a favorite metro park? I grew up in Maumee. I love side cut. Um, boy, what they're doing with the Glass City Metro Park is just <gasps> incredible. Mm-mm. Yeah, o- Opal is getting her uh, her... Um, amusement park it's just less amusement than you would think yeah. but it's happening <laughs> yeah right uh, I need an in at the metro great. park by the way so when you get that you let me know you come back to the podcast oh my okay. god you can't do that <laughs> I'm sorry. he's not I'm... even office yet you're asking for favors Jesus Alex. okay favorite Toledo event what's your favorite Toledo event I have a friend uh, who is a chanter at the Greek Orthodox Church near downtown um, Interesting. so I I love Greek Fest. That's a lot of fun. Little Gaff um, is what I call it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more cultural, I think, than a lot of other sure. festivals that, you know, you get a lot of involvement from. That's a nice way to put it. Different, you know, health department or whatever. It's just a lot of booths, but there's a lot of, you mm-hmm. get a lot of real culture at, at, at Greek Fest. So that's, that's got to be up there for me. And, you know, we mm-hmm. do all the, working for Connect Toledo, we, we do a lot of the downtown stuff. So I, the summer concert series is great and um you know there, there's a lot to love about sure. the city there is okay. there is all right i don't want to take up any more of your time uh thank you for it thanks for reaching out uh good luck and i i mean it sincerely uh you mm-hmm. certainly look i love all these people with passion and everything and that's great but we need some people who can actually sit in an office with other people and and get some things done and, and i certainly think you have the resume to do that you won me over with the uh with connect toledo knowing what they do and it's funny you bring up game theory because i was taught i've struck up a bit of a friendship with daniel ortiz and i was thinking trying to do the math here because so it's a limit it goes down to 12 after the primary mm-hmm. and then six are elected and i was thinking i'm trying to do the math here like nick doesn't need my vote I can vote for Dan, and it's it's some interesting math. So good luck well, with everything. Yeah, and I um, just two last things before we go. Sure. I, I've met Daniel, got to know him. Uh, he lives in the old West End too. He's a terrific guy, and is also a really good candidate. And we're not trying to tear people down. It, no. I, the only thing I would say is you did not ask me what I thought the question, hot take question, would be: is oh, uh, Rudy, Rudy's or Packers? Uh, and and I had a good go ahead, political go. answer for it. Go, go. <laughs> do it. Do this it. Is a, True politician's answer, I'm just glad that I live in a city that takes chili dogs seriously. Um, (laughs) You're from Philadelphia, Eric. Yeah. I lived in Cleveland for two years. Uh, You did? Yeah. Oh, you're winning me over with that. I'm from Cleveland. Are you? I I loved it. Mm -hmm. But, man, they don't know how to make a chili dog in that city. No, they don't. region, they think a chili dog is putting chili on a hot dog. Yeah. chili dog... (laughs) Is chili sauce on a hot dog? I can't tell you how many. If my wife had taken pictures of me at the restaurant when the chili dog got dropped off at the table, just the disgust on my face half the time. So yes, that's right. No, uh, we're, not, we're not big hot dog people on this show. That's why. Um, I, I am 
that's uh, my my wife just told me she read a study that said every hot dog you eat takes 35 minutes off your life. And, I saw the same thing. Well, you know what? I'm, I'll just start keeping track then. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to stop. So. Um, <laughs> it, it, if by some chance you and Nick and Dan wind up on council. Um, uh, something's up. Come, some kind of old West End cabal has been formed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, we're we're all we wear that on our sleeves. It's a great neighborhood. It we really all love is. It. That's uh, good. Yeah. Mac, thanks for the time. Thanks for reaching Thank out. You. Good luck with everything and whatever shakes out. Um, I'm here is to support Connect Toledo, and not that downtown needs any more of my help, but it's where I first moved here, and I was excited to see all the things that have happened in the last nine years. So keep up the good work and let us know how we can help out. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mac. Bye, Mac. Well, any post-game? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I enjoyed the conversation. I, I like his experience and his um, – he knows what he's talking about, and that's, you know – in, in this day and age, like I really do appreciate it. And that's nothing to some of those community members who don't have any experience. Um, they just care. Like there's nothing, no, no shade to them, but it's just really refreshing to hear him say some of the things that he said. So that was great. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very laid back. Um, and that's, that's great. It's refreshing. I just like his ideas and he's on the right mm-hmm. track. And I, I just want some, once, once I saw literally his name could have been, his name could have been Donald Trump. Um, and I saw dun, connect, dun, dun. and I saw connect Toledo, and I'm like, he he's the right person because he is part of the spearheading of what's happened downtown. In the same way that, like, I don't know Katie that well. I don't know Katie at all. Right. Yeah. I like some of her, but there needs to be an accountant with experience on city council who can who can steer the budget stuff, and Katie's that yeah. person. Sure. So that's why I, I, I thought that there really is, and I think my math is right, there's three people going for, for two slots because the incumbents are all going to make it back in, even the two ladies who were bumped in after all the FBI drama. So I, I was also a bit impressed just by his calm nature. Like, yeah. it's not like, I mean, this is not some, like, it's not like he's coming on The View, Toledo's version of The View, but his nature was very calm, which speaks to me that, you know, when he's pushed, he will be able to respond. It it sounds like effectively, um, and we're not going to get some you know, Twitter rant from him, you know, or, or something that he'll have to explain later on. In Toledo, I just don't think there is enough people who will buy into whatever card he's selling his his ethos of I'm going to mm-hmm. fix the crime because mm-hmm. and I'm glad one of the mayor's quotes recently was and I'm paraphrasing here to the largest degree, like we're doing stuff and this stuff doesn't stop overnight. And Mac recognizes it, you know, it's in cities all over because of the pandemic and, and beyond. And I just don't think there are enough people as there would be in the swath of an entire country Mm -hmm. where uh, tough on crime could buy votes. There's just not enough of those people here. So um, give Wade another chance. Let him keep doing four more years and get these people on city council who can push him or challenge him. And people with max experience are, are those type of people. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I agree. Good for him. Good for him. Nice to talk to Matt. Um, yeah, so a desk fell on my head. That wasn't great. What? So that, were you rearranging things at the at the base? Yeah. Um, we they're, they're redoing the carpet, and everything's got to be moved. So I was helping Josh deconstruct the desks. And one of the brackets underneath the desk uh, should have stayed 
on the pole it was on, it did not. And thank oh, God, boy. thank God, I had my hat on, or else I would have taken a more flush shot. So. Oh boy. Well, we'll make sure you stay awake, and we'll keep a. Well, I'll keep an eye on you virtually. I keep looking to see if my eyes, if my pupils are like dilated. What, what, what should I be concerned with? Because I don't think I have a concussion. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. Because <laughs> when you get hit in the head, there's like if your if your pupils are really big or really small, one of those is a problem. And I have a headache, but probably not a concussion. I so. think like dizzy headache and dizziness are some of the things you should look out for. But other than that, I'm not not too sure. I have a headache. And I'm trying to look Do you at the lights. Have a headache? No, but I got I got whacked on the head, so. And we're in a heat advisory too, so. Yeah, I'm glad. So enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your pumpkin spice in a 102 degree heat index. I did get excited about something I saw today on Facebook where they were like, they it was a TikTok video and they were they went out and bought all the Halloween stuff and socks and fall scented candles and then they had the greasiest Chinese food that they sat down and ate in front of a um, scary movie and I said oh I think I'm gonna do that this weekend <laughs> like it, it took that much convincing for me to just I'm like okay time to do it time to switch um, but I don't I don't do pumpkin spice last in candles last thing have you seen hmm. some of the pictures of faith that have gone up Mo's posted a couple I have not. I saw the picture that looked like it was from the rescue thanking everyone for their support of Faith, and I got a little sad. I don't know how I'm possessive over a dog I've never met, no, I can't have, but wanted. And now I'm like, dang it, she's gone. Good for her. Um, No, I haven't seen any. Is she happy? Oh, God. Uh, I guess she's asleep at Moe's place. So, yeah, I posted some pictures, and we got got the happy ending we were hoping for. And fuck... Fuck, we, you, fuck you, Andre, for being a dick, but he's now with Pepper, Steak, and Mo, or she is. Do we do we know how Michaela is doing? She's fine. She's fine. Okay. She's got plenty right. of animals. Yeah, me able, too. She's <laughs> able to, yeah, she's able to compartmentalize, so. <laughs> Good for her. All right, um, I'll text you later. Okay, bye-bye.